Wouldn't it be great if Christians could talk about the Bible and various issues without fighting or arguing or name-calling? Imagine if we could just sit down, have a cup of coffee, discuss, and even if we disagree, treat each other with respect. That's what this podcast is all about, kind, loving Christian conversations. It's not a sermon or a Bible class. It's just followers of Jesus talking about life and faith. I hope this show encourages you to have conversations like this with people in your life. I'm Wes McAdams, and I want to welcome you to the Crosstalk Podcast. On today's episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with my friend Scott Elliott, the minister for the LaGrange Church of Christ. He wrote a blog post entitled, Should Christians Watch R-Rated Movies? And I thought he had some excellent thoughts, so I invited him to join me on the podcast to discuss the movies Christians watch. What value do movies have for Christians? What movies should Christians avoid? And should adults watch movies that they won't let their children watch? These are some of the things that we discuss. I think you'll be challenged and encouraged by this conversation. Okay, well, Scott, I appreciate you uh, having this conversation with me. I'm excited about it. I I uh, read your blog post that you wrote. I guess it's been several years ago. Uh, but should Christians watch R-rated movies? And that's something I think we'll talk about as the conversation goes on. But I thought we would start with just a fun question uh, and ask you: What are your favorite movies? Maybe your top five favorite movies. Okay. Yeah. That's a, uh, a difficult question and it changes. I know. Huh? Um, <laughs> I'm glad it's me asking you instead of you asking me. Uh, so there are some that I thought about that, you know, don't change. I mean, one of my favorite films for several years now has been the tree of life. And um, it's, it's not an easy film for some people to watch because it's more of an art film, but it's a very Christian film. And, I think that it's one that stirred a lot of talk among people and not just Christians, among a lot of people that are non-Christians, very secular people. Uh, In fact, uh, uh, Roger Ebert, who kind of wrestled with faith a little bit, but I think would be classified as a a non-believer, he said in his review that it's a form of prayer and that it created a spiritual awareness with him, you know, uh, within him. And, um, it opens with a Job quote and it's, uh, m- you know, there's, there's some tragedy there, but it's dealing with sort of the mystery of God. And it's a film about life and it's just a beautiful, beautiful film. Again, it's not the easiest film to watch because it's not uh, a film like we're used to, but it's one of my favorites. Um, I like Dr. Strangelove, which is an older film from the sixties. It was made in 1964. And this was two years after the Cuban missile crisis. And it's a comedy with Peter Sellers and uh, George C. Scott, a lot of great acting in there, but it's a, a sort of a satire and is looking at some very serious questions about nuclear arms, the nuclear arms race, and, you know, kind of addressing very serious questions. And how do you do that, especially when you're in the middle of that? Well, you do it as mm-hmm. a satire and you do it as a very dark comedy. And it just uh, beautiful, uh, brilliant film um, by Stanley Kubrick, who made a lot of other great films as well. Um, Unforgiven, I think, is an interesting one. And this may uh, play into some of the conversation about you know, should Christians watch R-rated films? This was a film that was directed by Clint Eastwood, stars Clint Eastwood. And of course, I think maybe some younger people don't know, but most everybody knows who Clint Eastwood is. And they're familiar with Dirty Harry and they're familiar with 
um, the Man with the No Name trilogy, you know, the films that he made with Sergio Leone. Um, and what Eastwood does is he makes this Western later in his life when he's in his 60s. And he is imagining what it would be like for some of these characters that he's played over the years um, and, and how he has evolved sort of as an individual. Of course, many of the films that he was in kind of glorified violence. And Unforgiven is a film that's radar. It's very graphic. And so just yeah. kind of up front, um, if anybody hasn't seen it and wants to see it, it, it is very graphic. It's, a, it's an R-rated movie. But it takes a serious look at violence and what does violence do to a person. And uh, violence is not glamorized in this, in this movie. And, and, and Eastwood, who plays a gunslinger, is uh, admits to wrongdoing. He doesn't glamorize his past like you see in a lot of Westerns, and, and he's remorseful about it. And so that's a, that's one I love. I think uh, Shawshank Redemption is a, uh, a great film with many wonderful uh, uh, things in it. Uh, you know, you could just go on and on. Uh, one of the key things there is, of course, uh, in the title, Redemption is a film about identity. It's a film that says a lot about friendship, especially male friendship, which I think is something that... Um, you know, is lacking nowadays. And so it's a, it's a, it's a film that you could look at because of that, um, a film about freedom and how do you deal with freedom when you've been in prison for so long, a film about beauty and hope and, and all those things. And ultimately what it says is that we need, you know, hope, beauty, and friendship. Um, so th those are some, I, I think a fifth one, I, you know, I, you might, again, think outside the box a little bit, and um, uh, there's a lot of great documentaries out there. Um, I, I know it bothers some people to read subtitles, but I think there's a lot of great foreign films out there. One uh, foreign film you might look into is A Beautiful Life, which is this um, Italian film made in 1998, and it's set within World War II. And it's a comedy, it's a romance for about the first half mm -hmm. of the movie, and then it begins to explore some very deeper uh, subject matter, but it's always doing it with a sense of humor. And there's really nothing bad in the film, but it's one of those films that I probably wouldn't allow my kids to watch until they're quite a bit older, because, I mean, some, yeah. of, some of what it's dealing with is the Holocaust, you know. And it doesn't really show any of the the atrocities there, but it's, um, uh, it's, it's not graphic in that way, but it's, that's the background of it. But what's so beautiful about the film is it's, it's about the willingness of a father to sacrifice for his son. And it's just, it's just great. So there's, there's a few. <laughs> that was, that was a really great list. And it, it really already touched on so many important things that I think that we're going to get into in the conversation that, that movies are far more, and apparently for you especially, uh, that movies are far more than entertainment. You know, we often think about uh, movies just being for entertainment value. And I think sometimes that's the way we have this conversation is we just talk about 
um, movies as if it was just a matter of sort of unplugging your brain and just doing something to unwind. And I, and, and I think there is a place for that. Uh, but, but at the same time, you touched on so many things that are incredibly important values and, and things to, to think about things that make you to make you think and help you to think through, uh, some really important, um, aspects of, of being a human being, or even even as followers of Jesus, uh, think through some really deep subject matter. Yeah, no, I think that's that's something that we really need to think about. And you've hit on it. Um, okay, what are we doing? Is it entertainment or is it art? And yeah, you're right. There are times when, man, we're just physically and mentally exhausted, and we just maybe want to zone out for a little bit. And, and, and I understand that, but I think, uh, much of what we need to be taking in, um, should have some type of meaning to it. You know, mm-hmm. what, what, what we're, what we're consuming shouldn't be all mindless entertainment. There's plenty of that out there, but, um, there's a lot of entertainment art, um, that has, a lot of meaning behind it. And and we need to be consuming that and thinking deeply about it. Uh, And there's various reasons for that. I mean, it's good for us, but it also opens up conversations with, with others, um, you know, Christians and non-Christians alike. And you really hit, you hit on something, especially as you were talking about Unforgiven, that I I don't know that a lot of us have taken time to stop and think about that there's a difference between um, violence, even that is, you know, pretty explicit um, and graphic, uh, and violence that glorifies violence. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think sometimes we, we assume that if a film is violent, uh, or even if it, a film is graphic in its violence, that it is necessarily glorifying the violence. But sometimes I think the filmmakers, and arguably whether or not you know it does this for the audience, but but certainly for the filmmakers, um, you know, I, I think that they're really trying to paint violence in a negative light and help their audience to wrestle with some of the realities, the dark realities of violence itself. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And now some people can maybe watch Unforgiven and not catch what's going on there. But Eastwood has been very upfront about what he's doing in that film and that he's looking at what violence does to a person and exploring that, which I think is very helpful. And so I would see a difference in maybe a PG-13 movie that glorifies violence and Unforgiven, Mm -hmm. which, again, is very graphic. Um, and I wouldn't show to children at all. You know, it's it's adult material. Yeah. Um, but it's it's I think helpful in exploring what violence does to a person. And uh, you know, Eastwood just is, and that's not the only theme in there. He's he's exploring some other things as well. Um, but that's one of the main ones. Well, and that really kind of leads into the next question of, and and I know you touched on this on your in your blog post, but what do you think when you hear statements like? Because I think a lot of Christians, especially even maybe preachers, we make statements like, "Well, Christians just shouldn't watch R-rated movies or even PG thirteen movies," and just make a blanket statement and say Christians shouldn't watch an R-rated movie. What what things go through your mind? Maybe not. What would you say to that question? But what what do you think when you hear kind of blanket statements like that? Well, there's several things. Um, you know, I think, I guess I'll be a little blunt. I think it's a, it's a shallow way of approaching it. And, mm-hmm. and, and 
to be fair, maybe people haven't thought about this very deeply, but well, we just had a movie this year, Unplanned, which is rated R, um, you know, and I, I had a minister the other day ask me because he was thinking about having his youth group watch it. And he he asked me about it and I said, I think that would be good. You know, as long as you gave the caveat to all the parents say, Hey, this is rated R and it's rated R because it depicts an abortion, you know? Um, but, and and just kind of be upfront with the parents. There, there might be some parents that aren't comfortable with that. There might be others that say, Hey, yeah, this, this would be good viewing the the passion of the Christ was rated R. Why? Because it's a graphic depiction of the death of Jesus Christ. And, And there, there's material, within scripture that is intended for adults. Right. Uh, Jewish rabbis recognize this. There were certain books of the Bible, Ezekiel, um, Song of Solomon, that they said, you know what, until you reach a certain age, you shouldn't read these books. And so I think we should recognize that there is, you know, material that's um, just for children and there's material for adults. Now that doesn't mean that you should go out and watch everything. Because there's mm-hmm. some stuff out there that people just shouldn't be watching. There's there's no really value in it. Um, and, and so you have to be careful. A little background, I don't know if people know this, but the, but the MPAA, which is the Association of America, which gives ratings to film, has evolved over the years. And so, uh, for instance, uh, the rating PG-13 is fairly new. It was only introduced in 1984. And so you'll go back and watch some movies that were rated PG that you'll that would not be rated PG today. They'd right. be rated PG thirteen. There's a lot of language and violence in them, you know. Um, and, and and it continues to evolve. I mean, one of the reasons why they give a rating to a film nowadays, what you'll see is they'll um, say this film is rated R and it's rated R for these reasons. You know, it might have nudity, language, violence. Sometimes they'll say. Uh, you know, war violence, it might say cartoon violence. And so then you have to make a decision, you know, am I okay with cartoon violence? You know, maybe you're okay with that, but not war violence. Uh, one of the reasons they list sometimes is smoking, you know? Um, and so a film could get, you know, bumped a rating, bumped up to PG 13 or bumped up to R just because it depicts people smoking in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I thought that was an interesting point in your blog post that that not all of those things, you know, as Christians, would we see as being equally negative? Uh, you know, maybe all of those things we would see as negative to some degree, but not all of those things would we see as equally negative. And as you pointed out earlier, there's a difference between violence and glorifying violence, and the the rating system doesn't necessarily differentiate between those things. The rating system is helpful to some degree, but there's really not a lot of differentiation that goes into, you know, what makes a a movie R-rated or PG-13 or whatever um, that would necessarily be on the scale that we would want to use as the only criteria for whether or not we should see a film or whether or not our kids should should see a film. Yeah. And and there's also some politics involved in this. Um, Big studios have more pool than um, independent studios. And so what happens sometimes is big studios can kind of pull their weight and get that PG 13 rating, which means more money for them because more people can see it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And an independent studio might not be able to do that. And so it may get an R rating where it's not as bad as the big studio movie sure. that's rated PG-13. And so we don't realize that either. But there there is some politics that if you kind of read um, some of the stuff going on with movies and everything, you can kind of pick up on this and there's, you know, some people complain about it, but, 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 but that's part of it as well. And, 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 you know, the other thing we have to think about is as our culture evolves and becomes more secular, some of the things that our culture says is wrong, just kind of like, you know, 20 years ago, smoking wasn't a thing. Now they're saying, well, you know, it's wrong. It shouldn't be depicted in film. Um, some of the things that we talk about as Christians, they might, um, find objectionable, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you, you pointed out something too about the, and you, you did in your blog post as well about the even scripture that at one time the rabbi said, you know, until you're 30, you shouldn't read these, these passages or these books of scripture. Um, and that's sort of, uh, something that we probably as Christians today have never even really considered. And part of it, I think is the way that we've translated certain words and ideas and some of it, the graphic nature may be sort of hidden under the translation, um, but but at the same time, sometimes it, it, it's not. Um, and so, you know, I've I've struggled even myself with this sometimes um, whether or not it's okay for me as an adult Christian to see something that I wouldn't allow my kids to see. Um, I think that that sometimes we think well. If my kids shouldn't see it, is it something that I should see? If they shouldn't be watching it, is it something I should be watching? If they shouldn't listen to this, maybe I shouldn't listen to it either. Do you think a case can be made for um, pushing back against that idea that there are some things that that as adult Christians we should be engaging in this conversation or watching this or listening to whatever it may be, uh, whereas we would tell our children, nope, you're not ready for that yet? Absolutely. Um, you know, so where do we begin? Uh, you know, we don't go into our preschool class and say, okay, we're going to study the Song of Solomon now. You know? Right. We, we just, we, we know that. Uh, we, we understand that there are parts of scripture that were intended for adults. Maybe we don't, we haven't thought about that, but the Jewish rabbis mm-hmm. certainly thought about it, you know, and I think if we gave it a few minutes and kind of, you know, muled it over, uh, we would, uh, we would understand, yeah, there are some things we're going to, we're not going to teach in the preschool cat class or the kindergarten class. And I mean, and this goes with other areas of life as well. I mean, we may be watching the news on television um, and, and yeah. getting, getting facts about what's going on in the world. And we might turn off the sound, turn off the TV or ask our children to leave because the content of the news is something that we don't believe is appropriate for you know, whatever age our children, you know, are. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's all really, really good. And I think it is intuitive for the most part, uh, to, to think through those things and say, okay, well, this isn't appropriate for them, but, but I still need to know this information or think through these, these issues. And I guess maybe we put movies into a certain category because we tend to think of them simply as entertainment. Uh, but I, I think that you've already begun to point out the fact that there are, there is a redeeming value, I think, in movies, and I like the way that you differentiated between it just being entertainment and being art. Um, and I think that that maybe for some of us, we haven't really thought about art in that way. Um, that that bringing out certain um, aspects of humanity or life that that it's 
it's helpful for us to think through these things and to use art. Um, and movies obviously would just be film would just be one, one type of art uh, that can help us to think through these things. So when it comes to that kind of a thing, what, what do you think are some, and you, we've already touched on some of those, but what do you think are some of the redeeming values of uh, movies in general that even if even if it is or is not appropriate for kids to watch, why do you think that that it is a helpful thing for Christians to to see certain films? There are lots of different reasons. Let me let me just talk about a few. And again, just say that this doesn't apply to all films. There's certainly films out there that right. Christians, I would say, maybe anybody in general shouldn't be watching. Um, but first of all, they're they're true. I don't care if it's fiction or not. There there is there is truth in fiction, and there is power to story, and that's how we bring more, meaning to our life. There's a great chapter in G.K. Chesterton's book called "The Ethics of Elfland," where he talks about how the truth of fairy tales is uh, um, better than science, you know, mm. because you're learning sort of ethics and things that you need to know. And, and, and there's some of that in, in film, um, you know, there, there, there are certain movies that really, it, it's the story behind it that just moves us. And Chesterton wasn't the only one who recognized this. I mean, C.S. Lewis did. That's why he writes the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, that get adapted into film, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, who uh, does the Lord of the Rings, you know, and, and those stories, Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia are infused with Christian principles. And, and so, you know, kind of getting off track a little bit here, but there are certain films that might be rated G or PG that I wouldn't want my child watching. Um, maybe one example of that is Smallfoot uh, is a cartoon, which basically taught religion is bad. You know, hmm. so there's, the content wise, there's no problem with it. But the story, the message that it's giving is certainly bad. Um, there were there was a point where there was a lot of um, kind of romantic comedies or romance movies coming out with the idea of a soulmate, you know, and a lot of these would set up where you would have some people married and they wouldn't be happy and uh, or things wouldn't just be exactly right. And so I'm going to get a divorce and I'm going to go after this other person because I met my soulmate, you know. Yeah. And what kind of message is that? And again, it may not have anything content wise bad in the movie, but that's a terrible message to be sending to people. Um, kind of getting back to your question, what redeeming value do movies have? Uh, they're great um, vehicles for empathy. Mm. And so you know, we get to understand people who have a completely different perspective from our own by watching film. And that may help us do ministry better. You know, it may help us um, help the person who's sitting next to us in the pew. Um, it help it might, may help us love our neighbor better. Um, they are, some of them are filled with beauty. I mean, the, the tree of life is a beautiful film. Um, they send out, messages of hope you know you think about Shawshank Redemption and, and and how much it's about hope and also looks at within that film what happens when you don't have any f hope uh, and they're also the language that people speak 
and so you think about Paul preaching, um, and, and he uses pagan poets to preach. Paul was familiar with the poetry, the art of the day, you know? And so again, what's that similar to in our society? What would be, I think, songs or movies? That's what people are engaging. And some of those movies, you know, if we can speak that language, then we're going to be able to use the that to reach people. Again, not all of them. It's not a blanket yeah. endorsement to go out and just watch whatever you want. We have to be careful about that. And even the MPAA, even though it's flawed, it does give you sort of some guidelines, say, hey, it does have this content in it. You know, you might want to be careful. Um, but again, I, I don't think that the MPAA rating is the only thing that we should be looking at, not even maybe the most important thing we should be looking at. Yeah, man, so many great things that you just mentioned. I mean, it it really is incredibly helpful to see, not only to see somebody else's perspective, but also to be sort of shaped by, and I think it is helpful um, to, uh, you know, I've learned so much from movies. I think about the fact that I, I don't like to just go and unplug my brain. And my wife accuses me of analyzing them too much. And, you know, when I get done with the movie, I want to talk about it. And I say, well, you know, what were they saying about this? And, you know, what do you think that, that the, the writer was trying to get across with that? And, you know, I, I had the exact same reaction when I saw Smallfoot. Um, you know, and, and I've got a couple young kids and, you know, so we watch a lot of movies and, um, and afterwards we'll, we'll go, go over it, you know, together and think, okay, well, what were they trying to say about this? And it was incredibly disturbing what they were trying to communicate in that movie or what they were communicating in that movie about the traditions of your elders and the things that are written down. And I mean, it was very, to me, it was very obvious the message that they were sending. Um, and so sometimes a movie can be incredibly helpful at to to teach me okay you know this is maybe this is maybe this is true and maybe you should follow this line of thinking and in other ways it it helps to reveal uh what my culture is saying uh, what they're thinking, what our culture is thinking, and what their hopes are and their dreams are, even if I disagree with those um as a as a as a minister as a preacher, I want to be able to to see. These are sort of the messages that our our culture believes. You can tell a lot about a culture based on the stories that they tell, the fairy tales that they tell, the the movies that they make. Um, and like you said, you you mentioned um, about um, soulmates and you know what we think about love and romance. Not only does life follow art, but art follows life. And if we're going to understand and help people to navigate the truth and impress on them the truth that the the gospel gives us, uh, then we've got to sort of understand where they are, what they they tend to think, how they tend to think. Uh, if we're going to understand why marriages fall apart, we have to understand what their expectations were going into those marriages. If we're going to understand what young people hope to achieve with their life, what their hopes are and their dreams are, uh, then, then movies help us to navigate those things both in a positive way and seeing the positives in the film, but also the negatives in the film that are a reflection of what, what people are thinking and how they're feeling. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, man, I feel like I would miss out. And, and I respect any Christian who says, listen, I just don't watch movies. My family doesn't watch movies. And that's fine. You know, if that's, if that's where you want to be and, you know, sort of the stance you want to take, I'm fine with that. Yeah, Everybody has to make that up. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I just feel like I would be missing out on, on so much that the culture is, 
is telling us, hey, these are our hopes, these are our dreams, these are our fears, um, and then to try to understand those so that I can empathize and, and help people to see how the gospel answers those things. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a, it is a great gauge of our culture and allows us to have some certain conversations. And so like now all the rage is superhero movies, you know, yeah. and there are some good and bad, you know, in, in that genre. And uh, again, some films that I think are worth watching some that aren't, um, but you can look at like a film like Deadpool, which is basically um, nihilistic um, and, and very representative of our secular culture, a very dangerous i think film not just because of content i mean that's that's one thing it's got horrible content but also the message sure. behind it is about nihilism we just we believe in nothing you know very anti-religious um but then you look at like the new avengers movie in game which uh, i'm not going to give any spoilers away but there is a christ figure within the movie um yeah. you know that you can talk about and again we might talk about that weeks down the road, but it gives you something that you can talk about with your Christian friends and your secular friends, you know, some, some redeeming things in the movie. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I left in game and again, no spoilers, but you know, we, we left that movie and we were talking about the gospel yeah. and, you know, and, and talking about how, you know, whether or not that was what the, the authors, the writers, the the people that made the film, whether or not that was what they were trying to tie it to. Sometimes I think there is an intentional tie-in with the gospel, uh, but but sometimes I think that was it. C.S. Lewis that said something like, you know, the gospel is the the story to which all the other ones point. Yes. Um, that that I think that there's this this underlying truth and hope about redemption and about sacrifice and about love uh, and selflessness uh, that is inherent in in humanity in us. That's something that God put into our hearts um, that that helps us to make sense of the things that we see in the world, but it also helps us to make sense of the gospel itself. And so, yeah, I think that that there's so much value in the conversations that we can have that, that movies help to spark those conversations. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, 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 and I, again, you don't know whether they do this intentionally or not, but it's, it's, it's a, something that gets into movies over and over again, especially something like a Christ figure. Um, we don't yeah. always realize it, but just go back and you can do some searches like on Google or whatever. And you'd be surprised how many movies have some type of Christ figure in them, or even um, you, you see it quite often um, that this is more apparent, but um, you know, sort of the arms outstretched, you know, that gets replayed in movies over and over again. And it's imitating Christ on the cross, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, and this is kind of navigating back to what we were talking about in the beginning about content, but, but what, what would you say is some of the criteria that we should use if it's not just a rating system, um, you know, that you, you, you've mentioned, and I totally agree that there are some movies that I think, Hey, just don't even bother with that one, you know, or, you know, Deadpool, you brought that one up. I I don't know the first thing about it because I've never seen it. And, you know, the content itself would make it just absolutely unwatchable for me. Um, and so what do you think is some of the criteria that we should use for whether or not we watch a movie? Well, you know, I think you have to look at content, you know, um, nudity, you know, is much different than language or violence. And um, yeah. there are, you know, especially with a lot of men that wrestle with um, 
pornography, lust, all that stuff, then that's something you just need to avoid altogether. Now, not all nudity is the same. I mean, you look at a picture like Schindler's List that has a lot of nudity in it, but it's not uh, particularly sexual in nature. It's showing you the graphic reality of what happened during the Holocaust, you know. Um, and so you, you have to take that into account. But so, so I think that you look at that, you, you look at content. Okay, this, this has language. This has, you know, violence, what type of violence, you know, um, sexuality, you know, adult content. But again, then you ask yourself and, and you might have to read uh, critics. There's some worthwhile critics out there reading some, some or, or worth reading. Um, some really good Christian critics, Alyssa Wilkinson, who now writes for Vox. She used to write for Christianity Today is a great one. Um, Stephen Gradonis, who's a Catholic, I think does some wonderful work. Uh, but they're going to give you some hints as to what's going on with the violence. Are they glorifying violence or are they not? You know, uh, are they using language in a way that's just really vulgar? Um, or are they realistic, realistically representing some, um, you know, real life situation, like maybe what goes on in war or something like that. And so I think we have to take those into consideration, uh, as well. Um, you know, what, what's this movie doing? What's its purpose? What's, what's the story here? What's, what's the value? And those are some, to me, that would be the first question I would ask is, um, you know, what is a value in this movie? What What's it trying to do? What's its overall purpose instead of um, content? Um, I, I wouldn't go to content first. I would go to content second. Now, if it's with my kids, I'm going right. to pay a lot more attention to the content. But I think as you mentioned earlier, talking about having conversations after the movie is really important. So again, there may be a movie that doesn't have any bad content, but the message is horrible that I might choose. I'm not going to let my kid watch this, but I may let my child watch a movie that has a little bit of objectionable content in it. And afterwards, we're going to have a conversation and say, hey, you know, there were some bad words in that. And, uh, you know, we don't use that type of language as Christians. Um, and the thing is, we can be naive about this, but uh, they're going to encounter these words regardless. Mm -hmm. And I would, I guess, rather it be in a, in a situation where I can have a conversation with them about it and explain to them why they're bad and why we don't use them, you know, rather than them experiencing um, this language at school and me not being around and not being able to have that conversation with them. Yeah, and I, I I'm glad you brought up some specific critics and and things like that because there are so many tools that we have at our disposal, uh, both for my own mind and heart because I I do want to guard my mind and heart and and see things that are that have value that are going to help me to to process and think about and uh, navigate my life uh, and then also for my kids and and to sort of filter and evaluate what, what I let them watch. I, I really liked, uh, I, I really like the plugged in online. Uh, it, it breaks yeah. down, you know, and it even, it even breaks down, you know, spiritual content, positive elements, negative elements, and sort of helps, uh, to, to process, you know, what's going to be good in the film, uh, 
above and beyond just the the content, you know, language and violence and those kind of things. But it it also helps break down those things and let you know exactly which bad words are in there and those kind of things. But another thing that my family does, and I don't know what you guys do, but um, but we really like filtering because we like movies. You know, I like the Marvel movies. I love the Avenger movies and I want my kids to see them. Uh, but we don't go, I mean, just personally, we don't go to the movies and see it, but, um, not from my, my boys anyway, my wife and I will go see a movie and we'll check it out. And then, you know, if, if we think, Hey, the, the, the story is great, you know, we really want them to see this, uh, but the language or violence or whatever, uh, needs to be filtered out. I mean, we really like VidAngel that filters out the, the streaming stuff. And then we, we have clear play that filters the DVDs and Blu-rays and that kind of thing. So, and there really are a lot of tools, uh, both in, in cri- critics and, you know, just write-ups on different movies and also filtering tools that help you to, uh, decide what your family does watch and what your family doesn't watch. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff out there now, more stuff than has ever been available. And so you, you mentioned some, another one is IMDB. And so I use plugged in, um, but IMDB, which is the Internet Movie Database, also does something similar. It's a little bit harder to find, but you can click on a movie and then drop down and see, you know, what exactly is the content? And is this something that, you know, I want to be watching? Is it something that's appropriate for my kids? And then everyone's going to have to make that decision. It's going to be different for everyone. You know, um, there are things that affect us differently as individuals. I mean, one of, one of the things that just really bothers me that I don't want to watch is when bad things happen to children, you know, hmm. and uh, sometimes movie makers can do that to manipulate an audience. And I just don't care to see any of that. I mean, it just really bothers me on a, on a deep level. And um, so I, I just want to probably avoid those type of films. Yeah. Well, and that, and that brings up, I think that's a good kind of place to wrap up and land this plane is, is just the idea of the individuality that goes into this decision making, uh, that it's, it's very hard to make any sort of blanket statements that say, you know, hey, Christians shouldn't watch this or every Christian needs to see. I see that. I see both, you know, online. I see people saying no Christian should ever see this movie or every Christian needs to see this movie or whatever. Um, and I think we've got to be very careful when it comes to those types of statements. I think we all have to sort of evaluate ourselves and our own struggles and our own um, sensitivities, uh, evaluate our families. Uh, and it's sort of a Romans 14 thing that we all have to come to a conclusion and do what we can do by faith and abstain from what we feel like we need to abstain from and then not pass judgment on other people who make a different decision. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, I want to share with you two ways that you can help support what we're trying to do. The first is by rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast to help others discover the show. The second way you can help is by checking out Logos Bible Software. Logos has partnered with us to give our listeners a great discount. So go to radicallychristian.com slash Logos, L-O-G-O-S. I think you'll love the software and you'll get a great discount by using that link. As always... I love you, God loves you, and I hope you have a wonderful day.